you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Brother Keith, can I borrow your glasses? I have run off and, and left, my, left my glasses at the house, I guess. Isaiah 40. I just want, I'm, I've just called this tonight Renew. We talked a little bit Sunday, this past Sunday, concerning Renew. That's sort of the second leg, or actually the first leg of our Rise theme uh, this year. We, we, we began uh, two Sundays ago talking about Rise, just an overall where Nehemiah was building the wall, all of those things you remember. We talked last week about uh, taking that first letter of rise, R is renew, and uh, how the Lord comes in and refreshes us, how he comes in and renews us from time to time. How many enjoys sometimes when the Lord comes in and refreshes you? And so if you haven't noticed, uh, this is the second Wednesday night. I've sort of piggybacked a little bit from, from on Sundays with these lessons, and so that's what this would be, although it would be a different scripture that I've used Sunday, it'll be a different topic, but the thought is still, is still the same. And so I want to talk to you tonight just a little bit about a hope in God and how that hope in God will renew our strength. In Isaiah 40, verse 27, Isaiah 40, verse 27, the Bible says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Amen. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary, and they'll walk and not faint. Amen. What a wonderful, powerful scripture that the Lord give us here in Isaiah chapter 40. I think you would agree with me that in this age that we live, in this sort of, uh, sort of cynical age, I guess, we can have uh, a hope, Brother Adam, we can have a hope to know that, uh, that we can spread the message of the gospel by hoping in God and by Him renewing our strength. Because, I, you know, at times, we talked a little bit about this in past messages, at times we, we sort of get to feeling like Jeremiah felt of old, where everything that he was doing, it seemed like he wasn't, he wasn't making any progress. It seemed like he wasn't getting anywhere. He, he wasn't getting anybody delivered. He wasn't getting anybody saved. And and basically, in my own words, Jeremiah asked the Lord, Lord, how long do you want me to do this? You know, how long do I got to keep this up? And we get that way at times. And probably, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I were to ask you to raise your hand, I probably would, everybody in here would say, you know, Pastor, there's, there's been moments in my life where I've just felt like it's not, it's not, use, it's not useless, it's useless anymore. It seems like the, every, every time I'm testifying to somebody, they're not getting it like I really want them to get it. They're not receiving what, what I want them to get. But how many would agree with me that what you and I have got to share is, in fact, the good news of the gospel? It doesn't matter what's going on all around us. It doesn't matter the things that we're, that we're involved in or we're not involved. We, are, we still have the good news of the gospel. And we would not be here today if, if it wasn't for the message of the gospel. And so thank God for his word. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for that. Because there's too many people that give in today with, with the naysayers. There's too many people that give in to skepticism today. But this command here that Isaiah gives us, it carries a promise of hope. Look, all we, if, if we'll just wait upon the Lord. Everybody say wait. Now, we don't like that word. But if we'll just wait 
upon the Lord. We shall renew our strength. How many knows that from time to time we do need our strength to be renewed? We do need our strength to be refreshed. We do need a, a rest, so to speak, in the spirit realm so God can come in and minister to us. And so Isaiah wrote to the people here of Israel at a, at a time when King Cyrus was, was oppressing the people, when things wasn't going so good. And, and as a result, many of the Israelites complained and they, and they wondered, Lord, my way, my way, Lord, is hidden from you and my cause is disregarded from you, God. In other words, don't you, can't you see where I am? Don't you understand everything that I'm going through? Don't you understand my mindset, what's going on in my mind, the, the battles that's wait, raging in my mind? Don't you understand the affliction that's on me from King Cyrus? Don't you understand everything that's going on? Now, we know God does. God knows everything. God knows exactly what we're going through. God knows everything that we're about. He knows the things that we're involved in, those that we're not involved in. He knows our thought process, all of those things. But Isaiah reminds, reminds these people of that day that the Lord has an everlasting source of strength. Matter of fact, are you thankful that his strength never runs out? You know, there comes a point in time I need to sit down and rest every now and then. Matter of fact, there comes a point in time, I'll do it tonight, that I'll need to go to bed and I'll lie down and I'll close my eyes and I'll go to sleep and we'll get six, seven, eight hours of sleep or whatever the case may be for some of us. But we need that rest. But Isaiah said the Lord is everlasting in his strength. His strength does not run out. He has a source of strength. He has a source of renewal. And he has a source of hope as well. Matter of fact, in, in verse 28, the Bible says, The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He'll not grow tired. He'll not grow weary. His understanding, the Bible says, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of of the weak and when we feel that weakness come upon us it's the Lord that comes in and gives us that strength I've just come by tonight just to encourage you just a little bit don't give up when it comes to God because God is everything the Lord Jesus is everything his power is everything his might is everything his assurance is everything his salvation is everything and on and on and on and on we could go concerning the goodness of the Lord amen we've got more to look forward to than we've come from. Amen. We've got, we've got a, th a heaven out there awaiting us that is far out brighter than where we've come from. Amen. And so we've got more to look forward to in this day and time, in all the cynicalism of this day and time, and all the, the age, and all of the, the talk of this day and time. Look, there's coming a time that Jesus Christ is going to split the eastern sky. He's coming back after his church. And you're talking about a sense of renewal on that day. We're going to have a sense of renewal. Matter of fact, we'll be changed, the Bible says. In a twinkling of an eye, and we shall be changed. Now, I know this is Wednesday night, but let me just stop here and say this. If you don't know him like I know him, then that don't do anything for you. But me knowing him, Sister Parker, it gives me great hope. Me knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, it gives me great assurance. Me knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, it helps me go to bed at night and rest and not be weary. Hello? It helps me to close my eyes and not faint. It helps me to be able to get up the next day and put my clothes on and put one foot in front of the other because I know that I know that I know that I know who holds that day. Amen. And Isaiah here, he's just trying to encourage the people, reminding them, hey, you need to understand he's an everlasting God. 
He's an everlasting strength. He's, he has everlasting renewal. He has an everlasting hope. Abraham Lincoln, at the worst part of Civil War, when victory seemed hopeless, and you probably have saw this quote before, but he said this. He said, without Christ, I cannot succeed. With Christ, I cannot fail. Isn't that true? With Christ, we can't fail. Well, pastor, you don't know how bad it's got. I don't have to know. With Christ, I cannot fail. And so the question is, if that's the case, then pastor, what do we do as God's people? What are some guidelines? What are some things that we need to do in order to renew our strength? What are we supposed to do in order to rise up above where we are? What are we supposed to do to get out of where we are in our lifestyle and our mind and, and physically and whatever the case may be? I'm going to give you several things. There's probably a whole lot more that I could give you. But let's just start out with this. The first thing you've got to do, you've got to still believe. Amen. You've got to believe on the Lord. You've got to trust in the Lord. Greater faith increases our hope. The Lord has promised to give us a hope, right? He's promised to take care of us. And so God has the power to create a new and a fresh and revitalize worn out people. Amen. He has a power in order to do that. He has a strength in order to do that. Have you ever went to bed at night and I mean you was just, you was just exhausted? And before you went to sleep, you prayed, God, I don't know if you can do this or not. But if you can, then, and, and you, may, you may not have had, but maybe two or three, four hours of sleep. During that two hours or during that three hours, God, give me strength like I've been sleeping for eight hours. Have you ever done that before? I've experienced that before. And God has. He's come in and he's given me the rest. And he's somehow or another, he's rested my body. And so we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God and believe in God to do greater things even in our life, even for us to expand his kingdom so that you and I have the opportunity to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so before we can do anything else concerning the Lord, we've got to get it settled in our mind, do we really believe in this man called Jesus? Do we really believe in heaven? Do we really believe that there's going to be a hell? Do we really believe what this book tells us that we read and we study day in and day out do we really believe what it says and if that's the case if we do i don't mean to be hurting nobody's feelings tonight but are we living up to it are we following what the book says are we following what this word tells us because how many would agree with me that this word will put meat on our bones this word will lead us in the right direction this word will take us to where we need to go the other thing one of the things that you can do not only to believe, but when I understand that and I believe that, then I can just simply praise God. I can begin to worship God for it and thank God for it. I can praise God for His ability to provide everything that I need, even though I may be dry, even though that I may be weak, even though that it may not be happening the way I want it to happen, I can still praise God in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of that of that difficult situation in my life, I can still give God praise. So many people, and, I, and you know what I'm talking about, so many people forget to praise God during the struggle. We don't have a problem complaining to God during the struggle. But sometimes we have a difficult time praising God in the midst of the, of the struggle. What's the old song you used to say? I praise Him in the good time and I praise Him in the bad time as well. 
We've got to learn to praise God in the midst of all of these things. When we praise God for His, limits, His limitless resources, because His resources can overflow and overflow and overflow in our life. Amen. We'll say, Pastor, what if I'm not getting the answer that I want right now? Keep praising Him anyway. Praise Him through the storm. Praise Him through the storm. He was on the boat one time asleep. His disciples were scared, slapped to death. They was going to drown. It didn't bother him. Why? Because he was the master of the storm. He controlled the storm. He controlled the wind. He controlled the waves. And if we serve a God like that, that, control, that can control the wind, that control the control the waves in our life, don't you understand that we can lay down and rest as well? Because, hey, God, you got it. You got it. We can praise God. The other thing that I found out that we can, that we can understand as God's people, we've got to realize that our hope, and God provides us a certain understanding in the midst of an uncertain world. It's something, in other words, that I can know. I can know this. Now, I can go a lot of different ways right here, but let me just, let me just give you a little example here. There's some things that I definitely know, Sister Marion. There's other things I'm not sure about. One thing that I know, and this is going to be comical to you, one thing that I know, I know... My hair is not coming back like I want it to. I know that. Not till I get to heaven, maybe, and then I'll have, I'll have hair. You know, that kind of thing. There's, there's one, another thing that I know. I know that if you set me down at a table and it's got some fried chicken there, I'm going to eat some fried chicken. And so we could go on and on with things that we know about. There's other things that we're uncertain about. But in the realm of God, in the realm of His Spirit, Sister Mavis, I know that he'll take care of me. Why? Because he's promised to take care of me. I know he's going to see me through. Why? Because he's already promised to see me through. I know that I've got a home awaiting me in glory. Why? Because he said, I've got to go away. If I go away, I am going to come back, but I've got to go and prepare a place for you. Amen. I know that if I die in Christ tonight, before Jesus Christ comes back, I know the scripture says when he returns, the dead in Christ is going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with him. Those are some things that I know. But even in the midst of those things that I'm uncertain about, even in the midst of those things that I don't know, I still know he's going to take care of me. I still know he's going to, he's going to bless me. He's going to take care of me. Another thing that I found out that you can do, according to Isaiah here, you can look back in a lot of scriptures that talks about this. When I've come to understanding of believing in the Lord and I'm knowing those things and I'm trusting in Him and I'm praising Him, a lot of times our praise will lead into a song. A lot of times my praise will lead into singing for the Lord, humming a song for the Lord. Now, I do that all the time. I'll hum all the time. And you, you, you've heard me say this before. Karen, a lot of times say, well, you need to, you need to hush. You're getting on my nerves with all that humming. Well, sometimes I don't even know that I'm, I'm humming a song. But we can sing the song. We increase our hope. We increase our faith when we sing unto the Lord. Just like we was doing tonight. We're singing the songs of Zion. We're lifting, we're lifting Him up. Everything is pointing back to Him. When we come on a Wednesday night, when we come on a Sunday morning, whatever the case may be, we're involved in our worship. We're involved in our praise. And we, and we start singing unto the Lord. We start singing unto the Lord. We rejoice in the hope of glory. We rejoice in the hope of His love. We rejoice in the hope of His wisdom. Understanding and knowing 
beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's got me. He's going to take care of me. How can we be renewed, Pastor? One of the ways you can be renewed is just simply believing that, trusting in that, listening to what you're, what you're singing about, listening to what you're reading about. Have you ever picked up the Bible and you're just going to read your, your, your Bible and, and you go to devotions and you read some scripture and you thought, wait a minute, what did I read? I don't have a clue what I just read. Why, why do you think that is? Somebody answer me. Why do you think that is? Do what? Your heart? Okay. Not focused? Distractions? There's a lot of reasons and a lot of the, and, and most everything that you said will fits into that. But, but I think we could cap it off by simply saying this. I think the enemy will use your heart. I think the enemy will use distractions. I think the enemy will use your focus to get you away from what the Word is saying. To get you away. Now, some people, some people uh, they can comprehend more than others, I should say. And some people like to read the Word with music playing in the black background. Some people like to read the Word when it's all quiet and every, everything is still early of the morning. Some people like to read late at night. Karen, my, Karen is, a, is a reader. The other night she loves to read, and she's got these, this iPad thing that she reads. She read the other night till 2 in the morning. I woke up to go to the restroom, and that bright light is in my eyes. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm reading. And she said, it's a Christian book that she was reading. So I, about an hour later, I got back up to go to the bathroom again. She's reading still. And I'm trying to think, why have I got to go to the bathroom so much? <laughs> I've done that four or five times. And she's constantly reading. And finally, somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning, she turns this bright light off. And, and I said, thank you. You know? And was finally able to get really some sleep. And I didn't wake up anymore after that. But the enemy uses those things and those distractions to take our focus away from what God is saying. You've heard me say this many times. You can get down to pray. I've done it. You can get down to pray. And you can be involved in prayer. And the enemy will throw a thought across your mind. And I'm thinking, where in the world did that come from? Trying to stop your focus of the Lord. Well, in order for us to be renewed, there's many times we have to believe. We have to praise. We have to, we have to know that we know. We've got to sing the songs of Zion. And let me tell you something. Your hope is not in your possessions. Now, I know you know that, but I just want to remind you. Your hope is not in your things. Your hope is not in your bank account. Your hope even is not in your family, even though I love family. But it's not in your family. Your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your hope is in Him. Matter of fact, Colossians tells us in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, fix your thoughts on things above instead of the things of the earth. Fix your thoughts on those things above. Fix, fix whatever's in your mind. Get it, get it right. Get it where it needs to be and focus on those things that are above. Put your heart in those things that are above. Those are the only things that's going to give you the reward that you need and the dividends that, you, that you're looking for. Look upon those things. Look upon those things. Let me, let me borrow your glasses one more time if you don't mind. Turn with me in 2 Timothy if you don't mind real quick. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3. The Bible talks about, this is a real familiar scripture to you. Sometimes we, we think we put, we'll put our hope, we'll put our hope in this world thinking that things is all going to get better. 
Sometimes we put our hope in our, in our finances, thinking that everything's going to get better, the stock market's going to get better, it's going to always done good, it's going to stay at a high, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and those are all fine. I, there's nothing wrong with you doing that. But, it, but if that's where you put your total trust, then you're going to be messed up. You'll be messed up. Why is that? Look, look here in, in chapter 3 of Second Timothy. But know this, that in the last days, how many would agree with me we live in the last days? That perilous times will come. What? I thought, Pastor, that's supposed to say in the last days it's supposed to get better. That's not what the Scripture says. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, holy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here's the Scripture here in verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. The Bible says, from such people turn away. Listen to this. For of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. The Bible tells us here that in these last days, perilous times is going to come. When you look over in chapter 4, the Bible talks here, it says, verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing at his kingdom. And this is, this, is, this is the point I want to bring to you. Verse 2, it said for us to preach the word. Preach the word. It didn't say preachers have to preach the word. It just says preach the word. Really, when you look at it and you think about it, every one of us are preachers of the gospel. We're proclaimers of the gospel. We share the gospel story. We, we preach the gospel. It says, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For there's a time that's going to come that they'll not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside unto fables. But you, but you, be watchful in all things, Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Paul here is the ending, ending of his life. He gives sort of his valedictorian speech, so to speak. And he tells us here, he said, look, you need to do this. Make sure you, you're, you're accomplishing. Make sure you're preaching the word. Make sure you're telling others. Because it's only through that that you can be renewed. And he says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And he got to the place in his, his walk with God. He said, there's, a, there's, a, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And so there's many times I've got to let go of those, those things that I think that I put my hope in and, and rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There's moments in every one of our lives, as we said earlier, that we have to, we have to sort of recharge our spirit man sort of recharge. Jesus done that. He pulled away from time to time. He got alone and he prayed. One particular instance, he took three of his disciples with him and said, can't you not just tarry with me just one hour? Remember that? He went away to pray. He prayed this prayer that we all know. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. While his disciples slept, didn't understand everything that was going on. They, they didn't have a comprehension of everything that was going on. But, but Jesus had to even pull away at times to recharge the enemy fought with him you, you think about it just a little bit he he carried the sin weight of the world upon his shoulders 
It was heavy. It was heavy. Many of you know a little bit what I'm talking about because if you're burdened down with something, you understand what I'm talking. You can, you can, you can feel heaviness upon you. You feel a weight that's on you. And, and Jesus had to pull away and he had to recharge. He tells us in John 15, Jesus, Jesus talking about, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you wish and it shall be done unto you. We have these wonderful, wonderful scriptures that God has given us. Many, many of them, Brother Adam, that we can go back to and replenish, if you will, and renew, if you will, who we are as God's people. Lord, I can't handle this. I can't do it, in, I can't do it by myself. Well, Jesus told us, apart from me, you can't do nothing. <laughs> so, so you've got to have, you've got to have him. And so there comes a point in time that every, and for some of you, it's a morning time or it's a noon time or it's, a, it's an evening time. Whenever that time is, when you're, in, when you're in devotion time or you're reading, whenever that is, it's a recharging time for you. And, and basically what you're doing, you're renewing your strength. You're putting on those wings. You're, you're getting rid of that weight that the enemy sometimes wants to lay upon you. And you're being reassured in your spirit that God is with you. His promises are with you. Matter of fact, 2 Peter 1 said this. He said, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and excellence. He said, for by these he has granted to us his precious and his magnificent promises, so that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm escaping all of those things, and I'm renewing my strength, and I'm understanding because his divine power is on my side. His strength is on my side. And I should, as a God's people, I should remember that often. We took communion Sunday, as many of you remember. One of the main reasons we do communion, Jesus says, when you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Do it in remembrance of what I've done for you. Do it in remembrance of my body that was broken for you. Do it in remembrance of the blood that was shed for you. Do it in remembrance of everything that I've, that I've put me through so that you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. How many of you remember what you were like before Jesus came into your heart? <laughs> the weight and the sin that was on your life. Paul tells us, Ephesians 2 and 12, he says, remember that at that time you were separate from God. You were separated from God. Excluding the citizenship of Israel and foreigners of the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Jesus Christ, but now in Jesus Christ, who you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There's many denominations, there's many churches, there's many books, there's many songs that tries to take the blood out of all those things. I mean, you can't do it. You can't do it. If we're going to be saved, if we're going to come before the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to go by the way of the cross. And the way of the cross is not pretty. The way of the cross is not pleasant. The way of the cross is cruel. The way of the cross is ugly. The way of the cross is not something that we want to look at. How many of you remember several years ago when the movie The Passion came out? And we remember we went to see it down here at the, at the, uh, at the wherever that place was called. It's a weight room now, but a theater then. How many of you remember sitting there in that room and on, during that beating scene that you had to turn your head and you couldn't watch it? 
Many people. I, I heard many people come say, Pastor, I couldn't watch that scene. And do you understand that was depicted in a movie? We don't even have an idea. Many theologians will tell you that his body was unrecognizable because of everything that he went through for us. And so we have to, we have to understand that it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, if we're going to be renewed, and if we're going to listen to what this book says, why, why is it so difficult for us then in God's house? I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people in God's house. Why then is it so difficult for us not to follow what his word tells us and to do what we feel like is okay, to justify things in our life? It's hard to be renewed when we're justifying everything. It's hard to be refreshed in the Lord when we feel like, God, you're okay with this because you're a God of love. It's not what you think or I think. It's what the Word says. And it's what the Lord tells us and commands us in His Word. And if we're going to be refreshed and we're going to be renewed and if we're going to rise to where He wants us to rise to, then I've got to get all these other things outside. I've got to forget about all those other things. And I've got to surrender unto the Lord. Let me close with this. Uh, this is not mine. I found this the other day. I thought it was sort of cool. You may have, you may have read it before. The, the, this is just called the ABCs of renewing. The ABCs of renewing. It says this, take your vitamins every day. If you're anxious, take vitamin A. All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. purpose. If you're blue, take vitamin B. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. If you feel like you're crushed, then take vitamin C. Cast all your care upon Him because He cares for you. If you feel like you're depressed, take vitamin D. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. If you feel empty, then take vitamin E. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Give thanks unto Him and bless His name. If you fear fearful, then take vitamin F. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. If you're a, a greedy person, then take vitamin G. Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. If you're hesitant about giving, <laughs> then take vitamin H. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news and announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. If you're insecure, then take vitamin I. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you feel jittery tonight, then take vitamin J. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you don't know nothing, then take vitamin K. Know this, that the Lord is God and that it is He that made us and not we ourselves. If you feel lonely, take vitamin L. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you feel mortgaged out, then take vitamin M. My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you're nervous, take vitamin N. Never, no, never will I leave you nor forsake you. If you feel overwhelmed, take vitamin O. Overcome evil with good. If you're perplexed or puzzled, take vitamin P. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you feel like quitting, then take vitamin Q. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. If you feel restless, take vitamin R. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently upon Him. If you're scared, take vitamin S. Stay with me and do not be afraid. For the one who seeks my life seeks your life and you will be safe with me. If you're tired, 
tired, take vitamin T. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. If you're uncertain, take vitamin U. Understand that I am the Lord. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. If, you, if you're vain, then take vitamin V. Vexed and unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. If you're wondering what to do, take vitamin W. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? According to Mike, if you feel exhausted, take vitamin X. Exercise thyself rather into godliness. If you're yearning for hope, take vitamin Y. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And if, you're, and if, you, and if you don't have any of those other things and you just feel zapped tonight, then take vitamin Z, Titus 2 and 14, zealous for good deeds. <laughs> the ABCs of renewing our strength in the Lord. Now, I wish I wrote that, but I didn't. But it is good to share, amen? And there's probably scripture after scripture we could go with concerning renewing the strength, renewing our strength in the Lord. This is, this is one thing that I know. Talking about knowing again, this is one thing that I know. When I don't know what to do, when I don't know a direction to go, when I don't know what to say, he does. He knows where to take me. He knows what to say. He knows how to carry me where if I need to be carried. He knows how to get me from point A to point B. All I've got to do is to trust in him. Take vitamin T. Trust in him. All right? Amen. Father, we love you tonight. What a joy it is to be in your house. What a joy it is to be talking concerning you, to share your word tonight. Father, don't ever let me take it for granted. I thank you for it. Lord, I do realize that there's moments in our lives that, that we do get messed up. We get perplexed at times. We get, uh, we get messed around with the enemy. Sometimes, I don't mean to blame him on everything. Sometimes it's our own fault. But God, when we find ourselves in those moments, help us to turn to you for strength. Help us to turn to you for renewing. Help us to turn to you for a refreshing. Help us to turn to you because you know everything that we need. Let us trust in you. Let us lean upon you. We'll give you thanks for it, God. Now, I thank you for everybody that has been here tonight. Thank you for their attentiveness. I pray that you bless them as they travel home. Give them safety until we meet uh, this coming Sunday. And Father, we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.